are back. We are the Yankee Clippers. Um, apologize for the length of time that we have not recorded to our three guests that <laughs> listen. Um, we uh, had a little technical difficulty. We did record a podcast, but it was trash. Yeah, it didn't go over too well. Yeah, so we're back. Um, I had to scrap the other one. We talked baseball, basketball, and yeah, NCAA. And we'll do that all again today. Yeah, we won't go as much into detail as I think it was just before the Elite Eight the last time we spoke, so a lot of things have changed. I can't even remember what I ate this morning, so I can't fucking remember what games happened. I know Xavier went down early. So yeah, Xavier. <laughs> and do uh, you remember that Virginia lost to a 16 seed, too? Yeah, you got that, that down? All right. I was just kind of emphasizing the Xavier one because that was a prediction error. Yeah. And I kind of did say, if I was a better producer and whatever, I would figure out how to put the clip that I had before the tournament that Michigan was going to make a Final Four run. Just to prove how right I was, but... Yours truly back, had them in the final four, too. Go buddy. back and Just listen. You know. Yeah, you didn't say that on the podcast, <laughs> though, so nobody knows that. Go back and listen to um, episode two, I believe, and you'll hear it. All right, so let's jump right in um, and talk, I guess, about college basketball. So we do have a championship game. Michigan uh, took down Loyola. And Sister Jean. And Sister Jean is uh, not to be heard from again until maybe next year if they make a run, but... That saga is finally over. Uh, Michigan's going back to the championship game for the first time since 2013. And Villanova looks like they're going to win, probably. They smacked around Kansas. That game was over from go. They really did. I think Duke would have given them much more of a game. Um, if Grayson Allen could have hit that shot against Kansas, you know, everything could have been a yeah. little different. But um, Villanova is clicking on all cylinders right now. They look very cool and collected. They're playing just out of their mind. I mean, they started, they hit their seven of their first 10 threes yesterday. That's why I'm going to say that I think Michigan has a chance in this game because um, when you watch Michigan games, they contest, they have length, and, you know, those those shots that were wide open won't be wide open against Michigan, as well as I don't think that there's somebody that can guard the big man in the middle who can take it outside, too, and Wagner or Wagner or whatever his name is. Yeah, and, and I give Michigan a lot of credit yesterday, too, for, for the way in which they won because Loyola, you know, they came out, they couldn't hit a shot at all, but they were playing good defense. The game was tight early. Um, even into the second 10 minutes of the second half, uh, Loyola had the lead, and they looked like their defense was was keeping Michigan at bay. But Michigan ended up making big plays when they had to. They kind of took the air out of uh, Loyola's sails. And they did a great they, job coming out in the second half. Yeah, and once their defense got ready, I mean, they, they made Loyola look pretty bad. They turned the ball over a couple times in successive uh, possessions, and Michigan Loyola. capitalized on each and every single one of those opportunities. I, in my opinion, Loyola was more than a Cinderella story. They won 30 games in the regular season. They didn't just happen to squeak in in their conference tournament. They were a great team all year, and they proved it. You know, they they really almost, they kind of embarrassed Kansas State. They they're a really really good team. Um, and I just think Michigan was a little bit better, a little bit stronger, contested shots well, and they, they started making threes when they had to. The one thing that may bite Michigan in the ass is the fact that they cannot hit free throws. They shoot, I think it was like below 60% from yeah, the free throw line. Um, and against Villanova, you're going to need, a, like, you're going to have to have a lot of productive possessions, and you need every point that you can get. Yep. And. I think Michigan's actually going to win if I'm going to throw a prediction at you. And I think that 
um, Villanova, they they don't really have the size. They have one big man, and they kind of stretch the floor. And I don't think anybody can compete with Wagner. I think Wagner's going to end up having another huge game, and I think he's going to end up winning uh, most outstanding player of the Final Four. I think Michigan's going to win it, honestly. All right. I mean, I, I just think the way that Villanova is looking right now, it's, it's hard to pick against them. I mean, Kansas, I think, is a good team. Not as good as Duke, even though they got that win in the Elite Eight. But, I mean, they got steamrolled yesterday. Villanova looked just Villanova tremendous. Villanova was just the better team yesterday. Yeah. And, and I, they make their free throws down the stretch yeah. in games. They You don't have to worry about any of those guys they, icing on the line. If they can hit their threes, and obviously they're going to make their free throws, they're going to win. But if Michigan can disrupt their offense, contest the threes, which they've been doing, and stay out of foul trouble, which they've done a good job staying out of the bonus, I think that they can win if Wagner has another 20-point-plus game, which I think he will because there's nobody that's going to stop him. And he's versatile enough to, to defend the center who can step out and hit the three on Villanova. So I think Michigan has a pretty good chance to win, which would be pretty interesting because I think Beeline's the best, one of the best coaches in the country. Yeah, and if Jay Wright can win this one, that's two and three years for, for a coach that not many years ago was getting a lot of slack for not being able to win the big one or always getting bounced early and – uh, as we mentioned when we were talking about the coaches a couple weeks ago, how a team really reflects the way that their coach looks on the sideline and handles adversity. I mean, Jay Wright always looks like he's in control, and so yeah. does that team. And I think that was on, you know, the lost pod was we said something like, it's funny how it's flipped from, uh, I believe we were talking about Michigan State-Syracuse when Bayheim and Izzo kind of traded places where Izzo used to be Mr. March and Bayheim used to be Mr. Choke and now it's kind of the other way around and it's funny how it's it's a what have you done for me lately world and the only guy who really rises above that is Coach K and that's rightfully so because I mean five national championships kind of speak for themselves yeah absolutely and, and in many different decades and many different uh waves of, of how college basketball has been being played too. yeah he's a one and done guy now yeah. we'll, we'll see how long that lasts because he's been doing the one and done thing he he won like I said he won what was it 20 what was the last year they won 20 they won in 2015 2015 was the year yeah with um Julia Okafor and, you know, like I said, I think just Tyus Jones was playing way above his head. Great point guard, um, great college point guard, decent NBA guard. but And that's the reason why they won. I don't really think Justice Winslow could have stayed another year. He's He, he would have been fine. The only one-and-done player that was a true one-and-done player, I think, was Okafor. And, I mean, the NBA kind of passed him by. The big man is it's totally different kind of ball player now. Yeah. Um, guy that can stretch the floor, play play a lot of defense, block shots. The ba- the back-to-the-basket game is kind of old now in the NBA. But he he was he's, he's an elite-level passer out of the post. He's got really good footwork, but he just doesn't have the speed or the athleticism for the current NBA. Oh, I, I totally agree. But if you watch college basketball, the big man is still a focal point of that game. I mean, if you look yeah. at the guy for Loyola, he was a matchup nightmare. Wagner for Michigan. Wagner's a little different. You had Haas like for, a, for Purdue, who was yeah. pretty much the reason that they were able to go as far as they Haas did. Haas and the Homs. Yep. Homs is more of a defensive player, um, more of like an energy guy. But, yeah, the big man is a lot more prevalent in, in college basketball. But So, segueing into the NBA, why don't we talk a little bit? Because a lot of things have happened since we said uh, congrats to the Warriors on winning the championship the Rockets look incredible 
Um, the Warriors lost Steph Curry to an interesting injury. KD has some broken ribs or something yeah. like that. Uh, Clay Thompson injured his thumb, but he's back and playing. Um, the Cavs are looking a lot better. LeBron is looking like the best offensive player in basketball. Um, I think this is the, his best season. Would you yeah. agree in all um, in all of his amazing years that he's had between he's the had, Cavs and the Heat? I think offensively, he's he's an old wily vet that still has. You know, he's got a crazy – he's in crazy shape still. Uh, better years defensively in Miami, but offensively I think he's probably having his best stretch right now. Um, and then the Eastern Conference, the last thing that I would bring up is the Sixers. Um, the Sixers are an interesting team because they were 25-25 and 25 coming out of the All-Star break right around there, and then they, they are literally playing out of their minds. They just lost Joel Embiid to an orbital fracture. Um and I think that they're really going to have to change their offense. And if Brett Browner is a good coach, in my opinion, what they'll do is they'll play like the Cavaliers do. They have a lot of shooters on that team. That team is long. Like the, the shortest guy on that team that plays is Ben Simmons, and he's like 6'8". Or no, well, it's J.J. Redick. But now if you think about it, you insert Covington into that lineup in the Embiid spot, and you run out these shooters, and you just let Simmons have fun out on the floor, space the floor, and dish it to the shooters. you got to treat it like you're the Cavaliers light, and that's the way you're going to win. Do I think the Sixers are going to win, you know, the finals? Do I even think they're going to make it to the conference championship? No, but if Embiid is out indefinitely and still can't play, I still think that they can make some noise, because if, if they play that way, yeah, I mean, they can create a lot of matchup nightmares for, for some of their opponents, too, especially with the way that Simmons is built and the way that he plays. Yep. As you mentioned, stretch the floor with some of those shooters. Um, I, I think they they have as good of a chance to advance in the first round as just about anybody. What's, I don't know how far they could get. I think they're get. like a four seed right they're now. They're going to need Embiid, though, if they're going to get anywhere past yeah. the first round. What's really interesting is that right now they, they would have the 10 pick in the lottery, which would be incredible for them to have another guy like that with that kind of talent. I mean, keep in mind that Markel Fultz came back. He doesn't look too bad. And then if you could get another guy like a Bridges from Michigan State, another guy with size, you know, their they're smallest guy, the fact that Ben Simmons is playing point guard, they're so big and so athletic. They're, they're, really the, they're really trusting the process. They're the team of the future in the NBA. It's incredible to watch them. And I think that they're going to be, as long as they can keep their guys on the team, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with as the older teams like Toronto and the Cavaliers go down. Everybody who's saying it's Milwaukee, I think it's the Sixers. Yeah, I think it's the Sixers too. And you know what? Good for them with the amount of horrible years that they've had that allow them to be in this position. And you can tell that they're only being going to get better but i tell you if you're an advocate of tanking or you're an advocate of not tanking this clearly shows what can happen if you just give up on three years because if you position yep. yourself to get the right draft picks you you draft well with because look at some of their picks haven't worked out at all i mean you, you had yeah i mean they did they don't, so far doesn't look great Fultz, i mean you also have to keep in mind like i said they had julio for they gave him up for nothing they gave up uh Orleans noel New for Orleans a bag noel, of basketballs yeah. and there's there's a bunch of other picks in between but that we can't hit, even remember off the top of our heads right. Nick Stauskas, yep. I mean, but they've hit with Embiid and simmons who are two generationally great players at their positions yeah. if they can stay healthy and they've made savvy moves besides that covington was a second round pick he's great he's yep. a really good you know fourth fifth 
guy. Um, scoring option, he can shoot it. He's a big guy. He can defend for Redick position. really fits in well with that team. Redick was a really savvy signing. He's also a veteran. He's never missed the playoffs in his career, believe it or not. Never once. Wow, that's quite sad. I think he's been in the league for like 13 years. He's never missed the playoffs. So I think he was a really good signing. And I just think that they're going to be the team and that we look at as long as everybody can stay healthy, which their team is just a walking – like body like cast because everybody on their team seems to get hurt not once but all the time and this one's a little different with Embiid because it's an, yeah it's this a isn't his knee or his back exactly he's see even if he comes back he's gonna have to wear a mask that could bother him I think that that maybe they maybe they keep him out as long as they can and they try and stretch the floor with Ben Simmons and those rest of those guys. But moving on, besides that, I think that the Cavs are going to be the class of the Eastern Conference. LeBron has really brought them back. Um, they're they're still horribly defensive, defensively horrible defensively, but but. I think I mean fucking laughing. I think, <laughs> I, think um, I was letting you go with that one. Yeah, man. That was yeah. all you. Maybe I should remember how to speak. <laughs> I can't produce the podcast and I can't speak. Other but, than that, you're fine. Yeah, other than that, I'm doing all right. Um, but you know, offensively, I think they're a superior team. I think the Raptors are going to be the other ones in the Eastern Conference Finals, but I don't think they're going to be able to. They're not going to be able to get over the hump. I think that that team's going to end up having to blow it up and start all over again. I think they have maybe they'll make one more run at it because they're shooting more threes this year. They're they're a good offensive team, but I think that they're going to have to blow it up. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, looking at the Eastern Conference, I don't count out LeBron until he loses in an Eastern Conference Final, which hasn't happened in. 10 years um, on either team that he's been on. He knows how to turn up the volume in, in the postseason. The Raptors have an interesting matchup component to them against the Cavaliers. As you mentioned, the Cavs are really poor defensively, but um, you know, I look at the Raptors and they're an interesting team because they have a lot of talent across the board they have games where they look like they could be the class of the Eastern conference and look like they could be a top five team in the entire NBA, but something's missing. I'm not sure what it is. DeRozan has superstar written all over him. Lowry has big moments, but Abaka seems to kind of be hit or miss. Uh, they have some other guys on that lineup. You can maybe speak to more of the roster makeup than I can, but it seems like they just are missing one thing. And when it comes time to play in the Eastern Conference Finals, in the Eastern Conference playoffs, especially against a team like Cleveland, they're just missing that one factor. It could be a LeBron James, who's the best player in the world yes, that we've seen in a well long time. But they, it, it seems like they don't even really are not much even of a fight. It, you know, that six-game series that happened two years ago, I mean, that was the most one-sided six-game series I've ever seen. They took yeah. two games at home, but they never looked – you never watched them once and thought, wow, they have a chance. For the first time, I think this season they might make LeBron sweat a little bit more, and the only reason why is because I think they're the same team, same team defensively. They're shooting more threes, and they're making more threes, which is three points are worth more than two. So DeRozan's even taking threes, and he's more of a mid-range Yeah, guy. he's gotten better at threes this year, right? Like his yeah. percentage has gone pretty He, he kind of had to, but – so I think that the – Cavs are still going to win it, but LeBron's going to give them – I mean, sorry, they're going to give LeBron a little bit more of a run for their money. Um, and then to move over to the West, because the rest of the East, let's just hope, you know, the Knicks get a decent lottery pick and don't fuck it up. And then as for the Nets, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we got our 25th win last night. That was really a big step in the right direction. Yeah, I love when you say we. I know, <laughs> I know you're sitting on the bench cheering your teammates That's on. That's right. I've been watching um, them all year. As for the West, you got – 
The Rockets look great. You got the Warriors. You got the Trailblazers. And Utah, Donovan Mitchell looks like... He's unbelievable. Yeah, he's He's unbelievable. He really is. And that just goes to show how deep the last draft was and how... You know, people don't really know shit, honestly. You know, no. Go back in time. Does Donovan Mitchell go outside of the top three? No. Probably not. Ahead of faults? Yes. Yeah, I mean, retrospectively speaking now. Yeah, but, hindsight. Right. But that's my point exactly. Nobody knows shit. Yeah, you know? and, and you can still, it shows that you can get a great player, seventh, eighth, ninth overall. Yeah, you don't, you don't need, need the lottery. Him. You don't need him first, second, or he third. He was the 13th pick. Just having the first, second, or third gives you a better position because yeah. those guys generally hit more. But you're right, being the 13th pick, I mean, everybody thought he had uh, he had a lot of talent, but the way that he's been playing this year is truly remarkable. Yeah, the Jazz are a great defensive team, and then they have a closer like Mitchell. You know, they have they have some good players. I mean, Rubio's a good player. Mitchell's great on the offensive and the defensive end. They have a really good anchor in Rudy Gobert. Um, I forgot what his nickname was. Something stupid. Some I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, and they got a couple other good guys out there. They got rid of Rodney Hood, which I was a little disappointed to see, but I guess they really How's he been playing him. in Cleveland? I mean, there there's a lot of players out there for him. Uh, he's he's I think you're going to see when people are actually watching in the playoffs, he's the only other guy on that team that can really create his own shot besides LeBron. The rest of them, even Kevin Love, unless you start playing Kevin Love in the post, which they're not going to do, he really can't create his own shot. It's kind of like LeBron goes, LeBron barrels his way through four people to the basket and kicks it out to Kevin Love, and he bangs a wide-open three. Um, but Hood's, Hood can actually create his own shot. If LeBron's on the bench... Or, or whatever it may be. The shot clock's winding down and LeBron gets a quick double. He's the only one where you can actually see him put the ball on the deck and, and do something with it. Yep. Um, well, getting back to the West. So let's take the current injury makeup for, for Golden State. Golden what you, State's what banged your, up. What are your thoughts with Houston? I mean, the Houston looks un, almost unstoppable right now. Do you think that they could really challenge the Warriors in a seven-game series? What's going to be interesting is I think – I think that the Western Conference, the playoffs, is not going to be this year as much of a cakewalk as it was for the Warriors last year. Um, I mean, last year, I don't think they lost the game till the finals. Um, yeah, they, they swept the Western Conference last year. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, they swept the Spurs, too, right? Mm-hmm. Because Zaza um, beat the shit out of... Kawhi. Yeah. That was the last time Kawhi's pretty much been on a court. <laughs> yeah, scumbag. Um, I mean, whatever. I respect it. He's in the NBA. He's Zaza, so you can't be mad at him. But so, and with this Curry knee thing, to what extent is it? Is he going to play in the first round of the playoffs, or are they going to they going to sit him out? Yesterday, I watched the highlights. I don't know if you saw it, but Vince Carter, um, he took Patrick McCaw out, who's a, who's an impactful bench player for them. He actually got carried out on a stretcher. I don't know what's wrong with him. Vince Carter didn't do it on purpose. It was a really sad scene, but that's just another body to go down. And and McCaw is another guy um, like the kid from Oregon, the rookie. Jordan issue. Bell. Yeah, thank you. His name was escaping me, who's kind of like uh, it's like another Draymond Green where they're really creating, they can block shots, they can do a lot of things, um, and they're going to miss him. And, I mean, if you get carried on in a stretcher, I don't know what your chances are. Yeah, you're probably looking at least first round not playing. Exactly. Durant is banged up. Um, and then you got Clay a little hurt. In the end, though, it's going to come down to the Rockets and it's going to come down to the Warriors. The Portland story is fun. They got two great guards. 
But you have to keep in mind, and I know he doesn't have to put up those crazy numbers. Kevin Durant is the best basketball player on the planet right now, probably. I mean, you could obviously argue LeBron. He's playing great, but Kevin Durant is also having the best defensive season of his career. He's become an anchor in the middle. He's a shot blocker like he's a fucking center, and he's still Kevin Durant on the offensive end, who's the best offensive player in basketball yeah, and has been for quite a while now. Um, And if you have somebody like Curry out, Kevin Durant's a guy who can get a shot off whenever he wants, get a quality shot off whenever he wants, and he's a guy that's going to, in those playoff games, where it's like, oh, shit, the Warriors might take an L here. He's the one who's going to take over, and they're going to end up winning by 10. Yeah, Durant's going to be the reason why they win games. If you don't have to rush Curry back in the early rounds of the postseason, you can let Durant kind of run the show and make those shots. But getting to uh, play the Rockets, I I was kind of cool on them all year, no matter how good they've been and how many games they've won and how great Harden is, because I just had... I've really thought that the Warriors are just the class of that People conference. People forget how good the Rockets team built around. That's them. it. That's they, they are a great center in Capella for what he is. They don't expect him to go put his back to the basket, post up, even create. But he's a great defender, great inside interior defender. He can step out and guard the guards if he has to on a pick and roll. He's not like a liability when it comes to that. He also catches literally everything thrown at him with Chris Paul and Harden creating for him. You got Trevor Ariza and PJ Tucker who are elite defenders on the outer on the outside as well as decent knockdown shooters. They got Eric Gordon who can heat up at yep. any time. Green hit a game winning three the other night and Je- who wasn't playing in the NBA at the beginning of the year yep. and now Gerald Green looks like you know he, he's a six man he's great um, yeah that team's a lot more than just CP3 and Harden no n- not at all and the thing about CP3 and Harden being on the same team is you have an elite because Harden's basically a point guard right now for the entire 48 minutes of the game and this is why I think it was a great move you have an elite point guard on the floor because if you watch Rocket games either Harden and Paul are on the floor together, or one or the other are on the floor for the entire game. Yep. That's going to save them from getting you know, into foul trouble or whatever. It's also going to save them energy-wise, and it's going to make it so that there's an elite creator on the floor at all times. And Chris Paul is locking up lately. You know, and Harden tries on defense better than he used to, but Chris Paul has been really playing good defense lately. With the other two guys like Ariza, who can guard one through four, and P.J. Tucker, who can guard one through three and do a really good job at it, you know, they're they're not just uh, this is not you know offensively yeah it's a Mike D'Antoni team you see it they try and get off more shots than anybody else they're shooting more threes than anybody else in the history of basketball per game they'll probably make more threes but they're playing defense more than a D'Antoni team usually does I think Mike D'Antoni finally realized that there is another side of the of the of the game the other side of the court where you actually have to guard the other team so that they don't score as many points if not more than you that's very interesting it's amazing that a coach should take that long to figure that out. Yeah. But I think to your point, you made an interesting um, you made an interesting point before about the uh, having a point guard, a true point guard on the floor at all times of the game uh, for Houston. I think that will be a huge test for Curry's knee and his ankle to have to go up against either you know CP3 Harden or Harden. Uh, well, in that series, I think Clay Thompson is their best outside defender. He guards. 
he guards Harden, but you know Paul's just going to go and right. go and go out. And, and he's going to test done. him. And even on the offensive side of the ball, as you said, uh, Paul and, and Harden are relentless defensively this year, and that could really give Curry some issues if he's Harden not 100%. Harden relentless is a little much. Uh, but he's playing a lot better defense this year. Yeah. And, with a, and with a Curry who's who's not 100% healthy and has those lower body ailments between his knee and his, and his chronically injured ankle, you know, he might not be that Harden, even Harden's defense that might not be the best, even if it's the best of his ability. He can stay in front. Yeah, he, he could cause some problems. So I'm if that's the Western Conference final, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I'll be locked in. Oh, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. And I, I don't know how to fix the NBA playoffs, but it's just like you really don't have to watch until the, the conference finals, which sucks because it takes so goddamn long. And I think you said earlier, you made a good point. You know, I wanted to change it to a three game and then a five game, but they're not going to do that because nope. of the amount of money that there is That's to be it. made. Every team people guaranteed. are still going to watch it. Even the, yeah, everybody's going to watch it and a team is guaranteed two home games in the postseason yeah. that they make it. So even if those are the last two games they play, they're going to sell out that building. They're going to sell out merchandise and fans are going to go. They're going to get a nationally televised game because of it. And that's going to be hard to get away from the, and the players union is not, and, and the, and the um, arenas too. everything, the whole team in general is not going to want to get rid of this format. Yeah, no, I'm starting to come by on your side a little bit more than that. Not that I want it to be that way, but I agree with you in principle that it's not going to change. Um, but as for the, the finals, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Cavs Warriors again. I think LeBron is going to pull something out of his ass. It's going to be crazy, which is why I wish the MVP voting was a little bit later. I know it's a regular season award, but I think playoffs should be taken into account. And I think LeBron might make a – I think he should be MVP this year, maybe Harden too, but LeBron's really carrying his team. Um, it kind of reminds me of the first year that he ever went to the finals where it was him in literal garbage. Um when it was, I think it was 2007 when he got swept by the Spurs, but he got by a Detroit Pistons team. Are you saying Zadrunas Ilgauskas was garbage? Yeah, <laughs> and Larry Hughes as well. When Larry Hughes is your second scorer, you're not doing too well. But, I mean, that was the year that they lost to the Spurs, but that was also the year where the Pistons had, um, they had won uh, 2004. They had gone back in 05, mm-hmm. I think, and they were still right there. Um, and he surprised those Pistons, and he beat them and literally carried the team on his back. Yeah, he single-handedly won that game six, if you remember. He put up 45 points. Yeah. He had like 20 in the fourth quarter. And that was back when I was like, LeBron's the next Jordan. He's so clutch. Before he went to Miami and had that that time where he was missing those clutch shots. Not even taking them in some points. Yeah, when yeah. he was being really passive to Dwayne Wade. But whatever. The, I don't. We don't need a basketball history lesson. I think LeBron is going to... Um, really show everybody that he is the second best player of all time, carry the Cavs to the finals, and I think the Warriors are going to be back there as well, just because I truly believe in Kevin Durant's talent. And you also have to take into account that you got a guy like Draymond Green who's going to get under everybody's skin, and then – even if Curry's hurt, you got Clay Thompson who doesn't even have to take – he can take four dribbles in a game and drop 60 fucking points. It's insane. The guy is just a robot out there. Yeah. Yeah, and they're, they're the three-time defending Western Conference champs, two-time NBA champs in the last three years. And until, somebody, until somebody knocks them down, 
it, the Rockets could make it quite compelling, which I think would be great for the NBA. I mean, that Western Conference final two years ago against this against the parity. Yeah, for sure. But that two that two years ago, uh, that Western Conference final against Oklahoma City when Durant was still a part of the Thunder, that was a riveting series because they were up three one, couldn't quite close it, but that really pushed the Warriors, and obviously they ended up losing to Cleveland in seven, but. That's what the NBA needs more of. I hope we get that again this year, a really good seven-game Western Conference final. But I agree with you. I, until until Golden State gets knocked down by somebody in their own conference, same I can't the see Cavs. them losing. Yeah, same so with the like Cavs, you said earlier, LeBron, until LeBron loses that fourth game to the Warriors, I'm not going to believe it. And I might not even believe it then. Nope. You know? If you told me that any other team besides the Cavs and the Warriors went to the finals, I'd honestly be shocked. Um, so let's jump into some baseball. It is opening week. Today is Easter Sunday, by the way, so happy Easter to the three people that listen to this besides us. Um, so the baseball season started. We did on the Lost Pod, we did a nice little preview. So we'll do that over again. We'll pick some, we'll pick, you know, we'll go through, we'll talk about some teams that we think are going to be good this year, some teams that we think are going to be bad. We'll pick division winners, wild card, and then we'll go all the way up to the World Series champions. Um, Yankees started this week. I've got a new favorite player. A little Brandon Drew reaction. About. He's my favorite player. I, I don't know what it is about him. He just looks he looks like a ball player out there. He had two he had impressive at bats against Aaron Sanchez on Friday I don't know night. If you too. saw he hit a double and he almost hit a straight up line drive out of the stadium and hit the tippy top of the wall. It just didn't come down. It just kept going. It was a great swing. He's probably my favorite position player in baseball right now. He could suck. He could be fucking sent down in a week, but, <laughs> no, but he looks great. He he look he looks like a really good ball player. I agree. Yeah. He's he's kind of got that it factor that I think I really, that grittiness of the Yankees. I don't want them to trade him. No, I don't think they're going I hate to. to see him go. Uh, <laughs> he he's he reminds me a lot of a Brett Gardner. Uh, Neil Walker has played well in the first few games. I think he adds a lot Neil of dimension Walker, to this I've been team. I meaning to talk to you about that, and I heard Susan Waldman say this, and she's just the best baseball analyst oh. I've ever seen. But, Can't get enough. You know, she said something that was smart. He He's going to be an impactful signing, and he was cheap. And a couple of years ago, he we've spoken about this at, at nauseum, the amount that we spoke about the free agency and this year how it's different, and yada, yada, yada. A few years ago, he would have got signed to a three-, four-year big-time deal. And they got him for a steal. They need him now, now that Bird, who we should talk about his injury, is out. And, and He's in a he he's a really good hitter. Listen, Neil Walker is a professional player, and and he's he was always good with Pittsburgh. He was a key part of those t- of turning that franchise around he had and a turning great them into the postseason. The last year, yep, he he was a big cog in the Mets lineup in 2016 yeah. too. That got them to their second straight postseason. Um, switch hitter, you know, works the count, plays good defense wherever you put him. Second base, he's looked good over at first as well. Um, cheap. He, he can yeah, cheap. He cheap. can he can, drive, he can drive the ball to the gaps he, he's a very important player on this team and and he's that signing is gonna the Yankees are gonna look back at whatever level of success they have this year and say that no one slouch. year four million dollar fall into the lap signing that they got is was one of the best signings of the entire offseason yeah. I think all across the landscape of Major League Baseball Cashman should win executive of the year every year, year. every year but this year and and Drury, as you said, you know, Drury, so far looked like a great the signing. Drury deal and that deal that he made for Walker, it, it's really going to help this team out. Oh, I agree. Now let's get into the big situation here with the Yankees. Greg Bird. All right, listen. 
I love him. He's so good when he plays. He's he's a, a huge catalyst of this team. Left-handed pop. You can put him in between the two right-handed monsters of Judge and, and uh, Stanton. But my God. I mean, is that foot made of glass? He's always hurt. I know this was a different injury. These are bone spurs. They're taking him out. It's going to be six to eight weeks. Which means it ten just, weeks. Which, it just seems like this poor guy can never stay on the field. Like we're waiting for him to play that full year. And the season's early, and we don't have to see Chris Carter playing first base this year, Thank which is you, nice. God. Which is really nice. Um, and you can live with Neil Walker at first. And Tyra Austin went deep twice yesterday. He'll provide some power from the first base position. But Greg Bird is an all-star caliber first baseman and a difference maker when healthy. When healthy. <laughs> and I, I don't know, is this going to be something where it's just, is this Nick Johnson 2.0, a guy who can play really well, but is always hurt? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm a, I'm an optimist and I'm still holding out hope. Um, I, I don't know. You just feel bad always, for him. No, I do. And I always, you know, whenever this shit happens, I always just say, oh, this will be the last injury, you know. Like Embiid, it's the same shit. Yep. This will be the last injury. This will be, before you know it, they're 40 and they're fucking retired. Well, I just want to know how long it takes about. before a guy can appropriately get labeled injury prone. Yeah, and, and in this day and age, is he, is it just bad luck? Because it's like, you got one of the best training staffs in the world, all this science, LeBron James is figuring out how to be the best offensive player he can be, his 15th year in the league, so it's clearly not just like, oh, well, you know, they don't have the best whatever. No, the Yankees got all the money in the world, so I, I don't know what it is. I do, I don't know what to say. I mean, yeah, you gotta keep trying because of the talent, but of course. it's like, at, at some point, it's like, I know the Yankees. Do the Yankees have another really good catching prospect behind Sanchez? Not really. Higashioka's well, looked at as probably a little better hitter of Romine, but he's not considered. Because, you know, at some point, you're going to want Sanchez to be playing gonna, a little first base. Exactly. Yeah. And do you move him there full time and try and go out and get a catching prospect? You know, a more defensive catcher, you know, try and find the next, I don't want to say Yadier Molina because he's a he's, he's a, uh, a Hall of Famer, but something like that where you know you have an elite defender and he can turn himself into a hitter. He has the tools. Like when you saw the Cardinals go to the World Series in um, when they beat the Mets in 06, you know, Molina was hitting eighth for them, but you saw it. Right. You you saw what he could be and now he's he's on the back end but he he was one of the more elite hitting catchers in baseball yet he was still he's probably between him, Pudge Rodriguez and Johnny Bench, they're probably the best three defensive catchers of all time. And it's just like don't get me wrong. I think Sanchez is a great defensive And he's looked great in he the three threw, games so far, too. He threw a seed yesterday and threw out um, Curtis Granderson. That was one of the most second. impressive throws that I've seen a catcher make All in a together, while. Altogether, between the, the jumping up, the pop time, the transfer, the throw, everything looked great. But at some point, his body, it's just a proven thing at a catcher. His body's going to break down, and he is the best hitter on the Yankees all around. Oh, yeah. Uh, you him hope and that, Bird. Yeah, you hope that so he can like, give you... Do you, want you, him, do you, do you do you hope for the best for Bird and start getting Sanchez ready to go to first base? I don't think yet. I don't think yet. I, I think Sanchez is too valuable behind the plate. And for he, me, it's a Buster Posey kind of thing where it's just like, how long do you want to wait till he has a really bad injury that sets him back, or 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 just has too many miles on his knees and you lose three to four really good years of hitting because he's a really good defensive catcher. I know he's young, and I'm not talking about this year, next year, or the year after that, but at some point, you got to start thinking about that. He's too good of a hitter. He's not Salvador Perez, where it's like, yeah, he's a great hitting catcher. 
Right. You know, no, he's a, a great hitter. The, catcher position is like shortstop 15 years ago or whatever, where besides a few shortstops, you're like, you know, like Raphael for call, not the best hitter, but he's an elite defender and, and, and good hitter he's for a good shortstop. For a shortstop, right. exactly. He's a great. No, Sanchez is a great hitter. Listen, he period. was he was picked by some publications to win the MVP this year in the lineup that he's that he's hitting in. Exactly, and he is not like Salvador Perez, where it's like he's a great hitting catcher. But if but if he played the outfield or if he played third base or if he played first base, he would be in the middle of the pack offensively right towards the bottom. No, he is a great hitter, and I don't want to lose that potential and if you have an opening at first base because you have a guy like Greg Bird maybe you got to think about of course of course and these are good problems to have if you're the Yankees because you know that in a pinch you can put somebody of great production at that position you can move some guys around I'm sure there's going to be conversations in the coming years of putting Stanton or Judge at first base. Not that I'm enthralled about that right now, but that could happen down it's the line. It's still early for them, and you can get more years out of that position than you can. I mean, what is Judge, 27? Yeah, and Stanton's 28. So, like, yeah. you just need adequate defensive, be adequate defensively at first base. But I'm telling you right now, the Yankees' depth really shows. And and those, yep. and this is what you said about Cashman being executive of the year is you look at second base, you have Tyler Wade. Had a big hit Friday night into the gap. He looks already a lot Anduhar's better. Anduhar's up now, you told Anduhar's me. up now to DH, play a little third base and maybe even a little first. Um, you have Tyler Austin, who's got two home runs. He hit two yesterday. Yeah, two big um, ones. Yep. Neil, Neil, still, yeah, Neil, Neil Walker is going to play good first base, second base, wherever you put him. Yep. Um, you, well, you got the best prospect, one of the best prospects in baseball, who's still about to come They up can too. absorb all of these injuries. Um, Adam Warren got hurt yesterday with a comebacker off the so, leg. Uh, I don't yeah. know how long he's going to be out. They said it was a knee contusion. Um, nothing about, you know, an actual real injury. When you watch that replay, it looked like it hit him in the ankle. Yeah, they said it was a knee. It was, they said it was lower knee, so I, I don't, I'm not sure, but... Right, so at um, least they're not like hockey where they just say lower body. Right, yeah. But, I mean, I'm more concerned. I don't care. Not that I don't care, but I'm more worried if somebody on the pitching side gets hurt, as yep. put, like Warren, than, than somebody on the... Because Warren the has a lot of side. value on this team. Now, right before we go into our predictions and what we believe the landscape of the league's going to look like this year, Tom, I think we got to talk about Batances. I was watching that game yesterday, and I tell you, so the opening day, he gave up a homer on the first pitch he threw to Pilar, turned around a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. It happens, but he was throwing strikes, and he was keeping guys off the base paths. I've been a proponent all year of saying get him his confidence back, and he's still one of the best relievers in baseball because if he's throwing strikes, no one can hit him. Dude, uh, the the guy cannot hold a runner. If a guy gets on base, it, it's it's second base. They stole f- the Blue Jays. That is stole four bases in the including eighth home. inning, including home yesterday. And if it wasn't for Sanchez throwing that gun of a of a throw on uh, in the seventh inning to get Granderson, it would have been five. And I just look at him. I don't know how you can trust him in those big games is in those in those key moments of a close game because you y- can't keep anybody on base. They're running around on him like he's not even. Yeah, there. once uh, he's the type of pitcher where it's like once 
I mean, he pitches from the stretch all the time, but once there's a guy on base, it's like he's a different pitcher. Yeah. Um, and the other issue is is that there's a lot of people on base all the time because one game he could come in and throw 10 strikes, and then the next game he can come in and throw none. Um, and me and you talked about this last year. I would like to see them trade him. They have a strong enough bullpen to where if they can go out and get a few good prospects or a good bullpen guy and a prospect out of him, I I really like to see them hold on to them to hold on to him till they're ready to go get Fulmer and then include him in that package. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think I just want to see them trade him. Uh, we have a plenty of guys where we don't need. We could put uh, Green in that position. Yeah. I mean, he's a luxury on this team, but I still think that he's the definition of keep... a luxury. He's like a luxury car. Right. Great to have, like your your fancy Ferrari or whatever, but it fucking breaks all the time. Yeah. And how great is a car when it's in the shop all the time? How great is this 100 mile an hour fastball when you can't throw a strike? Yeah, and that's the thing. Or, or hold a runner. I mean, that's the thing. It's yeah. not just that he could that he loses command sometimes. It's once a guy gets on base, it's like a leadoff double. And you have these issues with some of the bigger pitchers. You know, he's tall. He takes forever to get to home plate. I mean, you name a tall pitcher above six foot five. Syndergaard has this issue. Uh, Randy Johnson had this issue. But you can't Everybody. have it as a reliever in high leverage innings. You can't because it's going to keep him out of the game. Yeah. And what I think the best move as of right now is to do is Girardi's got to get uh, – sorry, sorry. I know. It takes a while to get used <laughs> to saying Boone, right? Boone's got to – Today, do the Yankees play today? They do, yeah. One pitch o'clock. Him today. I don't care. I don't care. If well, he threw and thirty-five pitches yesterday, man. Then pitch I, him. I, then pitch him when he's pitch him when he's ready. Then the next time that you can, yeah. pitch him because if you let him sit, this is gonna fuck him all up. It's also gonna ruin his trade value, and it'll be over from there because the same shit happened last year. Don't be scared. It's early in the season. Yeah. Short term. You have to pitch him again and get that confidence up because the worst that can happen is he fucks up again. But the but the best I, I mean if he doesn't pitch yeah, if he's he just finds gonna, it exactly yeah yeah uh, oh pitch I, him pitch him in a in a ten to nothing game where it doesn't matter well I thought yesterday was a perfect time to use him because I didn't necessarily agree with pitching him in the eighth but I get it but these are moments early in the season after you've already won the first two games where the worst case scenario is you split a four game set go back home at five hundred see what you got. Go out there and prove that you're the Batances of old. Go out there and prove that we can trust you in these high-leverage situations. And I'm not ready to write them off after one bad performance, but it's alarming if you're the Yankees. It's alarming because, to have a guy like that not because, be able um, to control an inning. It's not one bad performance, man. This was last, this was last year. year. Last, this, after the All-Star break, it was really bad. It was really noticeable. It was. Um, you know... And I feel like we're kind of we're kind of talking like we got a there's a gr- we I'm not on the team. <laughs> the Yankees have a great team this year, and we're kind of nitpicking, but it is a scary thing. It's a scary thing um, because y- y- also when you when y- you see a great team, you what are the going into the preseason or into the season right? Like what were people saying about what is what's the one thing that could slow the Yankees down? Is it's it's injuries, which they've already suffered a couple of, and it's uh, it's where to put the guys in the bullpen and losing games because they would have won the division last year if it wasn't for simultaneous bad stretches from Chapman and Batances. Yeah, Chapman looks he looks unhittable right now. Yeah, he looks great. I think he's fine. Yeah. Um, as for Batances, I just think 
after you get to a certain point of this happening over and over and over again, it's just who you are. Yep. He's six foot nine or whatever, six foot eight. He he doesn't have consistent mechanics when you watch him pitch. And and this is what moved him out of the starters role as a prospect. Yeah, he was, I mean, he, listen, he still throws a hundred. Yeah, with with, with a, one with of the best breaking balls, balls you've ever seen. Yeah, but I mean, at some point, you are who you are. And with that being said, the Yankees have to figure out if they're not going to trade him, and he is who he is, how they're going to use him because they're not using him properly. If he is who he is, and I don't know how he should be used, but he should not be our pencil him in seventh inning guy in a close game no if this is who he is i think the only guy on this team that should have a determined or on this bullpen that should have a determined role is chapman yeah maybe towards the end of the season boone gets a little comfortable using robertson in the eighth inning or yep. Lee or i look at robertson and green guy. the same way not to spend too much time on the topic but i think it's interesting because when you do have a bullpen to the way that the yankees do there's a lot of different ways you could kind of look at where they should be pitching and what certain times and from a uh, strategy standpoint. And when you look at those big innings of, let's say your starter comes out in the sixth inning, it's first and second one out of a one run game. You want to bring in guys who, you know, that can throw strikes. And one thing that I always had an issue with, with Girardi was, is he had predetermined where guys were going to pitch. And I think the games can be won or lost in those moments, like it's, Jonathan Holder came in yesterday a, after Warren got hurt. Yeah, I thought that was a time to bring in Robertson or, or Green. Yeah. Stop it here. Uh, I, I feel like there's two things. I feel like Boone didn't bring them in because he wants those veteran guys to have their routine, and that kind of yeah. was abrupt. And Chapman wasn't available yesterday. Yeah, so. and that was a little abrupt where they didn't get time to warm up and go through their normal routine, and he didn't want to screw them up mentally by throwing them out there after whatever they give you, 15 warm-up pitches on the mound, right. and then them giving up a home run, and, and it's screwing up their early mojo or whatever you want to call it for the season. But the second thing is maybe I want to see what Boone does with this bullpen because maybe they'll treat it a little bit more like the uh, the analytics quote unquote people do, and the Cleveland Indians have been doing, which you kind of have your best guys in the bullpen, and you kind of use them in the situation where you need them, right. not in the dictated situation like the old fashioned managers, kind of like Girardi, where you know you use the best guys in the situations where you need them. You have your bullpen ace, as all the guys that are on the analytics side on MLB Network say, and you bring in for the Indians, Andrew Miller in the seventh inning. Right. When when you got your, you know, two, three, four hitters coming up, and this is when you really need them. Because the Yankees have a, a similar bullpen to where even if you bring in, like, I, I think Chapman is a little bit different than Andrew Miller because he's not as cool. But if you bring in a guy like Canely in the sixth inning, right, yep. you still got, like, the Indians have Cody Allen to close the game out. You still got Chapman in yeah, the back end. Yeah, of course. Or even if you brought in Chapman in the eighth inning, you still got Robertson. You got Canely. You, you got, got Green. Green. You got, you know, whoever. Yeah. Even Adam Warren can act as a, as a spot closer if you need it. Oh, absolutely. Healthy, Warren, Warren's very reliable, and, and he kind of gets lost in the shuffle because he doesn't throw 100. But I think – uh, more to to prove your point too is what's the commonality between Andrew Miller and some of the guys like a Robertson or Green? You know they're throwing strikes, absolutely. So you you can have these guys come in in these pressure situations because you're not worried about them coming in and walking guys. You know you have Batances coming in that situation, 
and you're sitting on the edge of your seat because the freaking guy, you don't know where the ball is a, going. If he gets into, if he comes out of the bullpen, and he gets into a two zero count right off the jump. You're like, fuck. Yep. Because this then people can can, I, can sit fastball and jump it. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, and then he thinks that, and then he gets fancy, starts to nip the corners, then he walks the guy, then there's a man on base, and we already spoke about how he is with the man on base. You're fucked. You're basically It's basically, if he walks a guy to start off an inning, it's basically like a leadoff double. Absolutely. And, you know, then then what happens is, and not to get into too deep, but then he tries to blow every single pitch by everybody. Yeah. He starts uh, leaving the fastballs up, and either it's elevated enough to where a guy hits it over the fence or he walks again. Or make the perfect breaking ball, and he ends up hanging it. Exactly. Yeah, or it's did. in the dirt, and he walks another guy. Right. So, so but it's, anyway, it's a lot to get into, and we're going to have a whole season, a whole summer of getting more into this. We're not talking about how much Batances is, is, is in trouble too much. But Hopefully not. Let's, but let's get into the projections of the whole season. What do you think about that? I think, you know, three days in, it feels so great to be having a baseball yeah, scoreboard we, to look at every day. And, and not and, to keep griping on how shitty of a producer I am. <laughs> but, you know, on the Lost Pod, we did go through a whole season preview. We're only three games in. And, so you know, I wasn't too upset that we lost it because I forgot about the Houston Astros who won the World Series. So that, that wasn't was, one of uh, my shining yeah. moments there. But, um, you know, we'll try not to forget this time. <laughs> this time I'll remember they're that the, they're playing uh, the American West. League West. Yeah, that's All right. right. So let's jump right in. Let's start with our uh, the division we watch the most, the AL East. So you can lead us off if you want. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the Yankees' division to lose. I, I think that they're too deep. They're, they can absorb any injuries that they have within reason. They are going to have the money and they have the prospects to go make a huge move for a Michael Fulmer or a top-tier pitcher at the Stroman, deadline. Um, Stroman, Stroman, uh, if he would get traded within the division, I'm not sure. But that won't happen, but I'm, I wish. <laughs> we can dream, right? But yeah. they're going to have those assets. They're going to have the, the money to do it. Um, I, this is not going to be the team that they finish with and if they can their bullpen's too good and they're not they've already shown in the first three games that their starting pitching is really good in the first five six innings that they throw which is more than which is more than enough because the bullpen's very interchangeable so you can use two dominant guys one day you don't use them again for two days because the next night yep. you have two more dominant and guys. not to go too deep into uh the yankees but one more thing if severino pitched the kind of game he did in july as opposed to in April, he's going eight innings. Oh, absolutely. This so was only the first just, start of the that year. That just goes right. to show, not only not only do they have a great bullpen that can really slam the door from the sixth inning on. I they, think Tanaka, too, the way he was Tanaka, throwing. Yeah, their top two pitchers, they're really fucking They good. are. And and we're forgetting Sonny Gray and CeCe Sabathia. So, yep. And Montgomery, who was the best rookie starter no last year in the no American slouch, League. Yeah. So um, um, I think it's them. Uh, I think it's their division to lose. The Yankees, so I was just going to go enough. in They're and say Boston. <laughs> I think Boston's a good team, man. They can pitch. And, and if Sale and Price can come back to what Price he was, money. he was great against Tampa in his first start. Porcello's solid. It's an even it's an even year, so he's gonna have a good year, um, okay. which seems to be his trend. Um, they're gonna hit that JD Martinez signing was if huge that's the for trend, them. Then the Giants are gonna win the World Series. <laughs> we, should just stop, we should just stop the season. Um, but no, I think I think the Red Sox are um, I think the Red Sox are a team that has a lot of potential. Um, 
they're going to be battling with the Yankees, I think. They have the pitching staff. Their bullpen is shaky. They lost that opening day start uh, of sale. But their lineup's good. They're going to hit for more power this year. Bogarts has to have a better year. Um, but I think they're going to be all right. So it, it, I think it's going to come down to the Yankees and Red Sox this year, as it agree. usually does. Um, the other three teams, you know, you know, Baltimore and, and Toronto can hit. Um, their pitching is suspect. Toronto's pitching is probably going to be better than Baltimore's. They're yeah. both going to score runs. Um, and Tampa Bay is kind It'd of a dumpster fire. It'd be interesting to see how much, if, if Baltimore gets off to a really bad start, do they just have an absolute fire sale like Tampa Bay and, and get rid of Machado? Do they get rid of Davis? Do they get rid of Jones? Britain. Britain, who's out for like the first He's two months. He's out till I think June. Yeah. Um, Brad Brock, Darren O'Day. They have pieces. Trumbo. Yeah. They have pieces that they could move. And they could really hit the reset button. But yeah, so. I mean, we don't really have to talk about the bottom half, the Rays. I mean, I think Archer might get dealt. I think, um, you know, a few of their other, their other decent Meyer. players. Yeah, Kiermaier. They already released Dickerson, who looks like he's going to start for the Pirates, I think. Yep, traded Souza. They traded Souza. Malik Smith is a guy who's got some speed, got to watch out for, who might get traded. A uh, good defensive player. But besides that, I think that they're going to be playing their future guys towards the middle of the season. Yep. Um, they got a couple good back-end starters. Um, yeah, Matt Blake Andalusi, Snell. Yeah, whatever. Blake Snell might take that next step, too. Yeah, who, who's a guy that they could deal yep. um, for a lot of prospects because he's still young, still on a good contract. Yep. But, you know, to rank it in order, it goes Yankees 1, Red Sox, I think, are going to get that second wild or first wild card spot, and then 3, Toronto, 4, Baltimore, 5 in the basement, Tampa Bay. I'm in agreement with you on that. Okay. All right. So, yeah, that that's pretty much easily said. So why don't we jump into the AL Central? We'll move we'll move west yeah sounds good to me so i think as far as the al central i still think cleveland's the the class of that division minnesota made some interesting moves they got to the playoffs last year um they had the greatest turnaround um in franchise history last year after having just an awful 2016 they looked really good last year a lot they had times where it looked like they were going to fade into obscurity they never did they they had that lead at yankee stadium early before the wheels fell off because they don't have a top tier starter um they have uh they have Irvin Santana currently on the DL. And they just got um they got Lance Lynn. The race. Oh, Odorizzi. They got Odorizzi. I think I like their staff. I, I'm a little bit I feel like I'm a little bit higher on Minnesota than you. Um but yeah, Indians they lost Santana, but they went and out Bruce. and signed Yonder Alonso. Uh, they did lose Bruce, who I guess had you know half a season with them. They have a really, really young athletic outfield with uh, Zimmer, and then their right fielder. His name leaves me. Um, Brantley is going to come back. He's a, he's a really good hitter. Yep. Um, he's going to play left for them if they get a full season out of. Um, Kipnis. Yeah. They have a really good defense up the middle between Zimmer, Kipnis, and obviously Lindor. Lindor is an absolute stud. Alonso, I think, might hit another 25 bombs this year. They got a really good catcher. Ramirez. And Ramirez at third base, who I completely who slipped my mind, was in, was what third in MVP, third in the last, MVP year? last year. So I mean, and their staff speaks for itself. I mean, they got besides 
um, Kluber, Kluber, who who is a top three pitcher probably in the American League. They got Carrasco, they got Salazar, who went healthier, great. They got Trevor Barrow when he's not flying around a fucking drone, cut his <laughs> fingers off, he's fine. Mike Clevenger, solid. Yes, exactly. So they and and their bullpen and their is bullpen's great. Said. Even though they lost Brian up. Shaw, they'll they'll find somebody else. And if you have Miller and Allen in and a they bullpen, have a great I manager. like your chances. I, I really like Terry Francona. Yeah. Um, and I don't this division. I don't think you need to win. I think they're over under on wins is like 94 right around 90 I think is going to win you this division I, I I think that they're last year they had that crazy win streak and they really went for it and I think that made them tired you know and I think it's the same thing as the Warriors when they had that crazy win streak and and that's all you think about with those streaks yeah and and, and I think that this year that Terry Francona knows when to put his foot on the gas pedal and take it off, and he's going to give the guys the right amount of rest. He's really experienced, and I think this year they get just enough to win the division, and then they really they they're ready for the playoffs. Yep, I agree. I don't think they're going to win. They're not going to be my AL prediction to go back to, or to go to the World Series, but I think that they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. Yep, really for good. sure, they're still the class of that division. As for the Minnesota Twins, I think that they grab that second wild card. Uh, I think Byron Buxton takes a step forward. He's earning an elite defender. Uh, they have a good staff, in my opinion, especially when Santana comes back. They have a, a great hitting um, second baseman. They have a really good third baseman slash first baseman in Sano. They have a lot of good players around them. They made some really savvy signings this yep. year. And that division, it's going to be easy when you're playing within that division to get some wins. Between the White Sox. The Royals. And the Royals, who I don't think are going to be that great this year. Nope. So... Do we really need to say anything about the White Sox and the Royals? I don't think so. All right, so why don't you go ahead and rank your teams? Yeah, so I, I'm I'm going Cleveland. I, I go with Minnesota, and then you look at you look at Kansas City and you look at Chicago as two teams that are not really going to be fighting for a whole lot. Chicago could be interesting just because they have so much young talent that could come up and play well. They already have some on the major league yeah. roster between Kopech and Moncada. Um, Avasil Garcia had a really good yeah, year last year. They also have Lucas Giolito, who was like the number one pick of the Nationals a few years ago before they made that trade yep. for uh, Adam, Adam Eaton. Um, and I think he's a guy who can still be a top flight starter. He's one of those prospects where you forget about him. Just if I'm a White Sox fan, I'm looking forward to at least watching these guys play. Yeah, because you're, there's nothing really expected of them, and you could let them go, and you could kind of see what they've got. So um, I know I'm forgetting one more team in the division. Um, but that's okay. We all know Cleveland's going to win that division, and yeah, we and we I, believe I that Minnesota's grabbing a po- grabbing a postseason spot. Um, the rest of the teams are going to kind of just be at the bottom. Um, I don't expect much from Kansas City. They've had their run. Um, maybe they have some assets that they could flip at the deadline. That's more what I'm thinking about Kansas City this year. Uh, we're forgetting the Detroit Tigers. Oh God. <laughs> Yeah. Who I hope they're the worst team ever. They have the worst record ever, so the Yankees get Michael Fulmer. That's all I have to say about that. Yep. Um, that's all you need to say about the really Tigers right say, now. But I completely agree with you. Although the White Sox are in first place two games in. <laughs> <laughs> they're two and zero. Um Indians one, Twins two, grabbing that second wild card. They're gonna be playing the Red Sox in the wild card game, probably in Boston. I think they get that that second seed. Um and then, you know, I guess Royals three, I would say White Sox four, Tigers five. Yeah, Tigers could be really bad. Um, now let's move on to the AL West. Let's preface this by saying don't forget yes. the World Series champion Houston Astros Who? are in the – the Astros. Who? Oh, okay. Used yes, to be yeah, in yes, the. Uh, yeah. Used to be called Astros. the Colt 45s. That's right. They, they played in that big NL. dome. Yeah, they yeah. were in the NL. Had the turf ago. named after them. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So the Houston Astros are. 
I think they're even better than they were last year. Yeah. Their, their starting staff is better with the acquisition of Garrett Cole. I think he's going to pitch Absurd. really well over People there. People sleep on McCullers too much. Too. McCullers is unbelievable. I mean, he yeah. throws a curveball every pitch, but it seems to work for him. <laughs> yeah, and then when he's got 96 coming out right. after that. And, and they're, you know, keep in mind, they had... um. Charlie Morton throwing like fucking 100 miles an hour. Yeah, 100 year. mile an hour like sinkers. Team, yeah, and and that's what's even more amazing about them is because of the depth of their rotation, their bullpen, which has been their biggest question mark, has actually gotten better because you can push some of those guys like a Colin McHugh, like a Charlie Morton into the bullpen yeah, where they with Brad become, Peacock, with Ken Giles, with Chris Davinsky. You've seen it with Phil Hughes. You've seen it with Adam Warren. You've seen it with these pitchers. I'm just talking Yankee guys because right. those are who I watch. But you see it on other teams too. These guys who are mid-tier starters go into the bullpen. They know they only they know what they got to do. They Empty know they the only got to pitch one inning and they become elite pitchers out right. of the bullpen. Yep. You know, Phil Hughes, the year that the Yankees won the World Series, was, yeah. was money oh absolutely so um, i look at them i mean i don't i just don't see how they can lose i think they're even better this year than they yep. were last year their lineup is still prolific and it's young they're athletic they don't strike out a lot um they, they got hit a couple for power off the bench too because they got the big guy gaddis yep they got uh josh reddick who is who is a good guy he's a he's a decent hitter yep. he's a professional hitter i hate that term but i guess it fits him yep um, and he walks and a lot he's, he's good got for a great high, arm base. really good defense um and they got the Cuban guy who did something bad in the World Series. Yuli Gurriel. But, yeah, whatever. He, he's a good player. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that they're He had a monster postseason last year, yeah, overshadowed the, by his idiotic comments, but he had a really good gesture, postseason yeah, last but year. He, yeah. he, um, the gesture, that's right. Yeah, it was with Darvish or yeah. whatever. We don't need to go into detail no. on that. It was stupid. But, um, yeah, I think that they're obviously the class. It's it's going to be a runaway train. Um, but I'd just, be shocked if that's close in August. Yeah, but just to jump down a little bit, then you got teams that are going to be jumbled in when you got Seattle, you got Anaheim. Anaheim. Yeah, and Texas, Texas. Texas has some talent, too. Um, Oakland, I think, is way at the bottom. They have some interesting prospects. I look at them kind of like I look at the um, at the Tigers. Is They have some pieces that they can move, but really, if you're going to look at them, their way at the bottom. I don't think they have the prospect level that the White Sox have. No. But they still have some very interesting pieces. They have Matt Chapman. They have Olsen. They got guys who can hit for power. Chris Davis is a good player. He could be moved uh, at the deadline if they really want to. I'm sure some team would be looking for some right-handed pop. So I think, you know, a team that I find really interesting that I think is going to be in it, um, they kind of remind me of the – AL version of the Mets is the Mariners. They have some really good position players. Um, they traded for the guy from uh, from Oakland, the third base. Oh, Ryan Healy. Ryan Healy. Yep. I think they're finally going to have a little bit of, um, you know, they tried to get it in Jesus Montero. They tried to get it. I mean, last year, I guess they kind of had it in Yonder Alonso before they traded away. They haven't had a first baseman that they can pencil in since Richie Sexton. Which is amazing. Yeah. Um, so I think that they, they're a really, really talented offensive yep. team. And Nelson Kyle Cruz Seager and Cano. just got hurt, but and 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 Segura has been great yep. the last few years. Um, oh yeah, Milwaukee to Arizona to Seattle. Yeah, he's, he's been a been, really good player. He's been really good All Star team a couple times. You know they got um, Mitch Haniger, who I think is going to be a really, really good ball player. Yep. Mike Zanino can hit from behind the yeah, plate. When he's That's healthy. a good hitting catcher. Yeah, good hitting catcher. Good hitting not catcher. Sanchez, right. Yes, I completely agree. Um, you know, and they're starting. They got Paxton, and that's it. That's the problem. They Felix, got Felix. Felix looked good in his first start. We'll see got, how long they don't have lasts. a bullpen at all, and, no. and they and they really don't have much starting pitching. I think that they're going to finish. I like them to finish second. 
Okay. Really, I, I don't know if that's bold, but I think they're the Mets of the AL where, like I've said on this podcast before, I think the Mets are going to be better than other people think. I think they're going to be competing for that second wild card. And I'm in, in agreement August. with you on I that. I think it's yeah. going to fizzle out. The, uh, the air is going to come out of the balloon, whatever. But I think that, you know, Mets fans and Mariners fans are going to be at least be able to throw the game on and not just watch garbage. And you know what? And maybe the Mariners... Maybe the Mariners um, fight with Minnesota for that second wild card. That's what, that's what yep. I, they should look for. Anaheim has some interesting talent. Obviously, Shohei Otani was one of the major storylines of the offseason hey, this year. Hey, he's got a hit already. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like the hit watch for him where it was like every, you know, he's 0 for 30, but he got it all. He got it out of the way. So his first MLB hit, I don't think he's as bad of a hitter as everybody says, but I also don't think he, he's going to be a great major league hitter. Uh, as for pitcher, if you throw 100, nah, I guess there's room for you. Um, the rest of the Angels pool host looks good if he stays healthy. Best player in baseball, Mike Trout. <laughs> Greatest player of all time, Mike <laughs> Trout. Um, yeah, I think that they're going to end up finishing third. Yeah. Cole Calhoun's a nice player. Yeah, no, uh, he yeah. had a nice diving catch a couple days ago. They got Simmons at shortstop, who's an elite uh, defensive player. He kind of made a, a decent stride offensively last year. Um, they got Cozart from Cincinnati to play third. Yeah, I mean, they're – They'll compete Kinsler. for they have some second They have some third. interesting pieces. Yeah, they made a nice move for left. Kinsler. Yeah. They're, they're starting pitching. You know, Garrett Richards is an elite talent that gets hurt every single year. Yep, Tyler Skaggs. Um, they don't really have much of a bullpen. No. So, you know, bullpen is very important nowadays. So it is. I don't really think that, that they have much to offer besides yeah. that. Jumping down to... I think Texas has lost their window. I think Texas is... They have some interesting pieces. They might hit enough to be competitive, but I just don't see where that pitching has come from. I still think Hamels has some good games in him. Maybe they could use him as a trade chip. Um, I just don't think that any... I don't think that division is going to be going to be you know competitive for very long because I think Houston is just that good. Yeah. So um, I think just a quick prediction. I think I got. I think obviously Houston won. Uh, I'm going to say Anaheim too, but you could uh, you could argue Seattle. Both teams I think are kind okay. of both there. Um, good. I'd like to make a little side bet on that. Good, good. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you. I'll bet you um, twenty bucks. So sounds Seattle good to me. Finishes higher. All right, remember that. You're on. All right. All right um, fine. Second. <laughs> so you could argue between the second and the third for those guys, and then I look at Texas finishing fourth and, and Oakland finishing fifth. Okay. All right. So let's jump over to the um, what do they call it? The senior circuit. The, the senior circuit. The, the minor the leagues. League. Yep. Um, still so, the only divi- still the only league where pitchers hit. <laughs> well, it's the other league, but whatever. <laughs> There's only two. Um, so let's jump right in. We'll start on the East Coast again, AL East. Um, it's the Nationals division to lose, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think the Mets are going to make it interesting. I'm right there with you. I think they have some talent. If that pitching staff is healthy, if, 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 which is always the question. <laughs> Large if. But um, they have some talent, but I still think top to bottom, Washington, that's their division. I mean, they their window is closing, especially if Harper leaves. Oh, well, then it's slam fucking it's shut. Slam dunk. Actually, I have to say, if Harper leaves, they do have one of the top three prospects in baseball and um i believe his name is victor robles yeah victor robles yep great outfielder he'd be really nice to have with harper if they right. can hold on to him i don't really see that happening but yeah their window's closing um but with that pitching staff and an offense you know, decent bullpen they signed matt or they traded for madsen last year they got a they got a they got their little too who's closing for them he looked good early yeah, on so yeah. far only three um, games in they have a decent bullpen um and their starting staff is pretty good yeah um 
you know, they got two really good top end pitcher. The Scherzer's probably a top three pitcher in baseball. Um, yeah, at least definitely in the National League. I mean, he won Cy Young the last two years consecutively, I believe. Right? Yep. Who won last well, year? Well, prior to, well, Arietta won in 15. Ben I'm trying Scherzer to think. Scherzer won. Scherzer won. Okay. Yeah. I'm wondering, I thought of Kershaw, but no, you're right. Kershaw Scherzer, won yeah. the MVP in some years back, well, yep. three years in a row, but whatever. But either way, um, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's Washington because then you got Strasburg, Gio Gonzalez is still on that team, who's a good pitcher. Um, you got Rorick is another good pitcher, yep. um, and their offense is is elite. Um, That's a great National League lineup, top to yeah. bottom, very good. Yep. Um, you got Rendon, you got Harper, Eaton's you got back Turner. and healthy. Trey Turner, Trey Turner is going to be a, a really good ball player. Daniel Murphy, exactly. Ryan Zimmerman. Murphy's a little banged up right now, but if Zimmerman and him can figure it out, I think they're going to be a great team. So I think they're going to win the division. Mets are going to finish number two. We don't really have to talk much about the Mets. You know what they had? They got a pitching staff. They got Yuenes Cespedes. Um, their shortstop has looked pretty good. Ahmed Rosario. He's looked really good. Yeah. Well, listen, he, he, he's he been one of the top prospects in baseball for a bit, not just the Mets, and he was the crown jewel of an otherwise pretty barren farm system. Yeah. So he, he's got a lot. Adrian Gonzalez, I still think, is going to be productive. I told you. He's going to be good. I still think he's going to be good. I knew he was going to be good. Azubel Cabrera is a solid second baseman. Yeah. Um, Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce. Todd Frazier over at third. Yeah, I like Todd Frazier yep, a lot. The Todd father stays if in New Yankees York. If the had room for him, I wish they could have kept him but they just really didn't. Yeah, and Drury's younger, and you could get him for as a trade, and, and yeah. so, and then um, you know they got they they're gonna their catching situation is gonna be dependent more on how their pitching staff likes pitching to him. Does I don't Sarno think they need a much offense. Forward, I don't know. I think Pulecki was opening day catcher, so I think yeah. Pulecki's gonna get the most of the reps. Um, I think the pitchers like pitching to him more, and honestly, you have to cater to that pitching staff. So yep. their bullpen, I think, is gonna be good enough. I think they're the se- I think they're competing for a wild card spot in second, second place. In their second place in the Philadelphia finishes a close third to the Mets in my opinion, not too close, but you know, with yeah, a few I'm games. right there with you. Uh, I think Santana has a big year. Um, in that short ballpark, uh, he does have to play the field. Yeah. But you got Michael Franco, and you've got Reese Hoskins. Who hits 210, but he hits 35 bombs. Yeah. They got Arietta, who um, I read a stat that his fastball uh, has gone down like a mile per hour per year. Does that make an impact? Probably. Um, especially when you're playing in that kind of ballpark. He's not really a ground ball pitcher, but I, I still think he's going to have a decent year. They have um, Brandon Nimmo as another pitcher, right? No, Brandon Nimmo is a center fielder for the oh, Andrew Mets. Nola. Andrew yeah, Nola. Andrew I'm going to cut he's, that out. Don't you worry. <laughs> I'll, leave do. I'll leave it in. Aaron Nola. Um, um, Aaron yeah. Nola. They got a couple other good pitchers. Velasquez throws 100, but he can't throw a fucking strike. Um, they don't really have much of a bullpen. But they're yeah. a year away. They're yeah. a year or two away if yeah. they can make some huge Three free agent away. signings yeah. this winter. They're, they got a lot of money the, to spend. They're the, they're the NLE's team of the future. Yep. And the Braves are right there with their prospects. I look at the Braves the same way I look at the White Sox as far as prospects goes. You're watching the Braves this year. They had to give a few year. away because of that, that whatever violation. Yeah, they did, but they're still loaded. I oh, mean, yeah. They're, they got uh, from pitchers to position players. Acuna is the top prospector in, or prospect player in um, all of Major League Baseball. Just yeah. slightly ahead of Glass. Torres. 
Um, he's going to be up sooner rather than later. Dansby Swanson takes a step forward this year, I think. Freddie Freeman's an outstanding player. They got a good center fielder in, um, what's his name, NCRT? NCRT. Yep. I mean, I, and they got some pitching prospects too. Fulton Alwich took a step forward last year on the starting staff. Um, so I'm looking at them the same way I'm looking at the White Sox. If yeah, they're I'm a, not if I'm win a fan of that team, year, I just want to see those prospects play. They're a year or two away. And we don't really need to touch on Jeter's Marlins because, man, that team is going to be really bad. Yep. Love you, Jeter. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, NL Central. Uh, I think it's Cubs. I think yep. the Cubs, the Brewers could give them a fight. The Brewers improved this year. They arrived a year early last year, too, just like the Yankees did. Um, I don't think a lot of people were expecting much from them. Their their prospects and their minor leaguers came up quick, fast, and in a hurry last year. They added Yelich yep. and Yelich, Kane. Lorenzo Kane. They have a really crowded outfield, but a really talented outfield. Yep. Braun's Ryan playing Braun, first. Braun hit a bomb to yep. put them ahead of the Padres a couple days ago. Um, they have a really good pitching staff. Yeah. Um, and a good bullpen. bullpen. Yep. So I, I, yeah, Corey Knable closing game. So I think that they could challenge the Cubs into the into August and maybe even into September. Yeah, but I, I think, think they're, they're a wild card team out I of the National League. I think they're going to end up taking taking one of the wild cards. Yep. Uh, I said on our last podcast, we'll get into it that I that I didn't that I thought they were both going to come out of the Central. I'm starting to really take that back. I'm starting to regret that, um, and I may go back on it. That's just being honest. But I think maybe one of the AL West or the NL West teams may may take that second or first wild card spot. But I think that I think the Cubs are the class of it. Yep. That starting staff is lethal, especially with Darvish. You get starting you- staff, and, and they have. They're like the Yankees three years advanced. They have so many position players, they don't know what to do with them. Right. Hap. Yep. Uh, Baez. They got. Well, I mean, Schwarber. Do I really have to name them? Seriously, no. do I have to no. name them? No. They have an elite catcher who's a better hitter than just a, a good hitting catcher. Yeah. In control. I look at him as the National League version of Sanchez. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. They they got Schwar- their outfield is incredible. I mean, Jason Hayward, who would start on 90 percent of the teams in the league, is like uh, an afterthought. Man, an odd man out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they paying him a lot of money, but, you know, he's had a couple down years. And it's he's like their he's version forgotten. of Jacoby Ellsbury. A little bit better. <laughs> a little bit better, but, but I'm saying is the ba- he did have that rain delay speech playing. to win him the World Series. That was it, right? Um, but yeah, I think that the Cubs are going to win that division. I think the Brewers are going to finish second. Um, I was a little bit higher the last time we spoke on the on the shitty podcast um, on the Cardinals than I am as of now. I like them, and I think that they're going to be right there. But I think the Brewers and the Cubs are going to be the only teams to make the playoffs out of the Central. Um, yeah, I, I would I agree. I, I just think that those two teams are going to be too good, and I think I don't think the Cardinals are going to have a great record against either of those two teams. Yep. They might play well against the rest of the division. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to be very good. Pittsburgh's going to be bad. Cincinnati's going and to be Cincinnati's bad. going to be bad. So uh, they could get some wins against those teams, maybe against the weaker class of the National League too. But I just don't think that they're up to par talent wise with the Cubs and the Brewers. So if I got to rank them. I would probably go Cubs one, Brewers two, Cardinals three, Pirates four, Reds five. Yeah, I don't have to say anything else. That's that was my exact thoughts. Cubs win, Brewers first wild card, second wild card, whatever you want to say. The rest are yeah, whatever. Now let's um, go into the National League West. All right, so lead us off. Um, you got to hurt Justin Turner for LA, but I still think they're they're going to be the best team just because of the pitching staff. Even though they did lose Darvish, um, I still think that they're 
I still think that they're the best team because you got Maeda, you got Ryu, who I think is going to have a really good comeback year. He hasn't had a good year in like two, three years because he's been hurt. Yep. Um, you know, and you got a couple other pitchers. They have a really, really, really good bullpen with probably one of the best closers in baseball. And if Puig has the kind of year he did last year, which was 20-plus home runs, 15-plus steals, hit right around 275 and played elite defense quietly – um, I think that they, they win this division and it's not yeah. even hard. Nope. I, I agree with you. Um, they've got the last three National League Rookie of the Years, too, with Bellinger, yeah, I didn't even mention Seager, Bellinger, Seager. And, and Peterson, who had a really good postseason last year. Yeah, and, and, and it's starting to really come out more, their outfield, you know, because they had Tristan Tom- or, uh, Trace Clay, Thompson, Tra- Clay Thompson's brother, who is like a fourth outfielder at best, really athletic, but can't really hit. Yep. They actually um, released him not long ago, so he's he's out of that organization. Uh, I hope organization he gets picked now. up somewhere, yeah. but there was just, there like the Yankees infield with their well the Yankees outfield too right. they, they just have too many I mean they got Kemp playing there yep. who I think he can still hit 20 Chris Taylor balls. can play some center field well Chris Taylor is interesting because I think he's a starter in Major League Baseball and he's really going to be able to show it in the first two months because he's going to be playing third for yep. Justin Turner um so yeah Needless to say, I think the the uh, sorry the, the Dodgers. Dodgers are going to win, and then I think really the rest the NL West is probably the most talented division, top to bottom. Um, I think the other, I think all four teams are kind of going to not for a lack of a better term cannibalize each other, um, and I think that. I think a bold prediction for me is that the Giants are going to finish like fourth. Yeah, I'm with you on the Giants. I, I think that I could be completely wrong and they could win this division, but I think they got Longoria on the back end. Their pitching staff, besides Bumgarner, has who's really, out for a few weeks now. Who's out? That. On top of that, they've really underperformed between Cueto, Samarja, and the rest of the trash that they got there. Their bullpen, when you're relying on a Mark Melanson, who's five years old from being in his, you know, from being in his prime who's actually injured right now you get an old Evan Longoria to hit in a ballpark to hit home runs in a ballpark that doesn't give up that many home runs Hunter Pence is is, is older um what else do you have they have the oldest average age for position players and and any team in major league baseball I like him up the middle I like I like panic and I like Crawford but besides that I belts has underperformed his entire career he's always been injured yeah. Uh, he's been a disappointment. I mean, Posey's Posey, great cat, great hitter. Yep. Not just a great hitting catcher, another great, great hitter. hitter. Um, but besides that, I think that they're going to finish right in front of the Padres. Padres are talented. They signed Hosmer. They locked him up. He's going to be a great player for them. Really good farm system. Yes, Players might be coming up. Very good farm system. Really good young pitchers. But they're going to finish fifth. I don't know why I'm going in reverse right now, <laughs> but I am. Um, Giants are going to finish fourth. And then I think it's... I think the most interesting thing is going to be a fight for that other wild card spot between Colorado and the Diamondbacks. They 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 remind me a lot of each other. Yeah. The Diamondbacks have a better starting staff, but the Rockies I think have a better bullpen. The Rockies have one of the best bullpens in baseball, I think. Yeah. Well, they lost. Um, who did they, they lost? Holland, Holland but they the got Cardinals. Wade Davis. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they got and they got Brian Shaw from Cleveland. So. Yeah. And, and it's important to have a good bullpen there because you know. It's so easy to to hit, and I mean I'm not a professional hitter, but 
according to the stats, it's easy to hit, easier to hit in Colorado. And you know, when you get these fresh arms pumping 100 miles an hour at you, it's going to be a little bit harder. Yep. Um, to save that staff a little bit, as the lineups, they're both. They're both really, pretty prolific. Really good. Yeah. Great third baseman on both sides. Obviously, Arenado's a little bit better than Lamb, but you got DJ LeMayhew. Uh, their shortstop, Trevor Story, is really good. You got Cargo back. You got uh, Charlie Blackman in center field, who's one of the best players in baseball, one of the most durable players in baseball. For sure. And then on the Diamondback side, you got, um, you know, they're. You got Desmond, two point first. Oh, yeah. On top of that, you do have Ian Desmond, and then they have another prospect. His name escapes me, who's who's playing really well. Um, Ian Desmond's really, really good. That's a great pickup. Um, and then on the other side, like, they have an elite third baseman, an elite, probably one of the best first basemen in baseball in Goldschmidt. And then. Um, at um at third base you got Lamb you got um who's in center field AJ Pollock, Pollock, in Pollock. um I mean, they've got they got Steven Souza and right when Sousa, he comes back like J D Martinez light cheaper version yeah gonna hit a lot of bombs he's not gonna hit the average that um that J D Martinez hit and he's not gonna eh, probably play about the same defense maybe a little bit better yeah but he's not gonna hit. For average, and he'll give like them Martinez a stolen did. base threat exactly. as well. He's a little bit faster than Martinez. Really savvy trade that they made. I like that. Yep. That, that, he was in the jury uh, trade. deal, right? Yeah. yeah. So that deal worked out for them as well. Um, but yeah, I really like the Diamondbacks. And gun to my head, if I had to pick between the two of them, I'm just a bigger Diamondbacks fan, and it's because of starting pitching. Um, and I just I think that, you know, the Rockies may lose a few games that they should have won because of the field that they play on. Um, and I really like Patrick Corbin. And yep. I like Robbie Ray. Yeah, um, no, that starting staff is really good. And, and Granky, I think, can be well I, above serviceable. I just think he's very solid. I think he's going to pitch again to a mid-3 ZRA, maybe a low-3 ZRA. Maybe not as many innings, but yeah. you know, maybe they manage his innings a little bit better. But I think they're definitely a candidate to make – you know, a splash at the trade deadline, get a get a big bullpen guy, get another bat in there. Just like they did last year, yeah. Exactly, and, and I think that they can make a run at things. They may even, you know, beat a team in the playoffs. So I, I'll go first with the rankings. Um, L.A. Dodgers, one. Um, two Diamondbacks, three Rockies, four Giants, five Padres. I'm right there with you, but I'm going to flip-flop the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. Another $20 Another bet? $20 bet. Nice. Let's keep this interesting. You no, I, I think the 40. Rockies nice. – I think the Rockies – not so fast. I think the Rockies are a good um, – I think they're a little bit better. I think they're. I think that bullpen is going to win them a lot of games. I think their starting staff has some question marks, but it has a lot of talent if some of those guys can stay healthy. Um, so I'm looking. Basically, those two teams are going to be right there. And I look at the Giants. I just think they're too old. I think the guys that they have to play Great those key team positions. If this was four years ago. Right. Um, some of those guys that play those positions. I, but I do think what could make them interesting is if they realize that they're really out of it come the deadline, they can trade Owen Goria. They can trade a McCutcheon. They could trade a Panic. They could trade a Belt. I they could trade a Crawford. I McCutcheon. Yeah. Who's so, another guy who's a little old. Right. So they have – but he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, so you could get something for him, especially if they play well. If I'm a Giants fan, I want to make sure – that I want to see these guys play well, hope for the best in a really tough division, and then if they're performing well, restock. A, a pretty bad farm system. So, as because they traded their top prospect Arroyo 
to um, Christian Arroyo to Tampa Bay in the Longoria trade. He was a third baseman. So I look at them fourth, and of course, I think the Padres are fifth too. They might be fun to watch if, with some end of those up prospects. with the Giants. You never know if they yeah. get hot. But yeah, they're 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 a few years away. You know. Yep. So, so let's go into our postseason predictions. You want to start in the National League or the American League? National League. All right. So we got the Dodgers winning the West. We've got um, Chicago the- winning the Central, and we've got Washington winning the East. If you had a gun in your head, give me your two wild card teams. Brewers and Diamondbacks. All right. And which one do you think would end up be playing in that fi- best of five against the number one? Um, I think that the Diamondbacks are going to play the Cubs in the best of uh, after they after they win the wild card game. Okay. In the best of five, Cubs are going to be the class of the NL. Um, I think that it's going to end up being the the Chicago Cubs winning the pennant, going back to the World Series. The talent they got is great. As long as their closer Morrow can stay healthy, who's been an injury guy in the past. Yep. They're just the best team in the NL. Carl Edwards is a good reliever, too. He is. He's the one who saved in that World Series anyways when Chapman uh, yeah. kind of fucked up. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that the Cubs are going to be going back to the World Series. Yeah, I, I it's hard to argue with you. I think the Dodgers are good. I think they're right there. I think Washington loses. Their window's to, closing faster than Washington. Yeah, I think Washington gets to the NLCS, and I think they lose to the Cubs. Ah, somebody changed their prediction I from think, last I, time. Yeah, I, 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 I think Washington's a very talented team, but I think the Cubs are better. Guys, so I did, I see, uh, Sean said that Washington won the, the World Cubs. Series on the lost I could, pot. I can so see know. the Cubs. I can see the Cubs getting to that World Series. Hey, I reserve the right to change my mind. Yeah, absolutely, um, I did a few mm-hmm. times. I'm just, I, at least I had the balls to say this is what I said last. I called time. myself out for forgetting the Astros, so calm true, down. True, so true. we're getting back into the American League. All right. So we have out of the uh, West, we got the um, we got the Astros. Astros. We got out of the Central. Who the fuck do we have? We got Cleveland in the Central. Cleveland, and then and New York in the East. New York in the East, and then the Red Sox. And I'm saying Red Sox Twins. Red Sox Twins. I think the Red Sox come away with that one, and they play Houston, who is going to be the class of the, or they're going to be the best team, and then. Going to the World Series, I'm having Houston going back. Yeah, me too. I think the Yankees meet them again uh, in an too. ALCS. I think it goes seven again. I do too. I think if if the seventh game is played in Yankee Stadium, I think they win. I just don't see, you know, the Astros play in that division that I just think, I think the East is going to be too tough. I think there's games to lose in the East. I just think that AL West is That's too exactly much of a cakewalk, and they're going to sure yeah. up that first seed. I think the Astros are going to have a crazy um, – in the midseason or something, they're going to have a crazy win streak, and it's just going to be – they're going to run away with it, and they're going to have the one seed overall. Yep. Um, and then – so they're going to go on to play the In Cubs. both of our opinion, they're going to go on to play the – you think the Astros are going to win? Is that what you said? I think the Astros are going to win. They're going to be the first team to repeat since the 99-2000 Yankees. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to go with the Cubs. All right. I think that the Cubs are going to win. I think they really retooled well. I think their starting staff, as the Astros got better, I think their starting staff's even better than theirs. So Darvish gets his revenge on Houston this I year? I think Darvish figures it out. Yep. Um, and I think their lineup is just a force. I agree. I mean, they're really, really good. When you can put – when you can – when you're an NL team and you actually get that much better by having a DH, like – People are saying, like, I wish, like, I mean, not like whatever people like you could say, I wish the Cubs were an AL team because they have so much offensive talent. 
I think that you have a pretty good chance of winning the World Series no matter what. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think that would be a slugfest of a series. I think we'd get another seven-game series in the World Series, which for baseball is tremendous. Um, Let me give you but, another bold prediction. This is an individual award. All right. Justin Verlander wins the AL Cy Young Award. Wow. Well, I mean, he turned back the clock last year, and yeah. once once he came to Houston, I mean, he couldn't have looked much better. So, I, I that is a bold prediction. You want to, you know what? Let's just for the shits of it, let's pick our let's our, pick our award awards. Winners? Yeah, we don't have to pick manager of the year or anything like no, that. No, no, let, Aaron Boone. But let's <laughs> <laughs> let's pick you know MVP for each league, Cy Young, and Rookie of the Year. All right. That sounds good to me. Let's start us. Uh, All right, start so us we'll start with Cy Young. Um, we'll do AL. I pick Verlander. Verlander. Go ahead. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Sale. I think he's gonna have another amazing year. Um, okay. I know Kluber took it last year because uh, Sale kind of fell off a little bit. I don't think he's gonna fall off as much this year. I still don't think they're gonna win the division, as I said. The but thing that worries me about Sale is the fact that he's still going to strike out a guy every single at bat instead of every once in a while you can you can throw a pitch to where you know he's going to hit a ground ball the second and get him out with one pitch instead of five or three yep. or whatever. I um, just think he's, he, I still think he's one of the top in the top in the league. So uh, I'll go Chris sale for, for Cy Young and, and for MVP. I think it's going to be, talking? yeah, I think it's going to be Stanton. <laughs> I really do. I mean, that's not, that's not a, the boldest of predictions, but I, it's an early sample size. I don't know how people are going to get him out regularly in this lineup. That's only going to get better. His numbers at Yankee Stadium are going to be ridiculous. And don't forget the entire AL East. I mean, he's he's going to play seven or eight games in Camden, seven or eight games in Toronto, eight games, nine games at Fenway. I I'm mean, that's go, that's a that's a lot of damage. I'm going to go a little more into how the voters think. Don't forget these are old fucks that think that they still run baseball and whatever these writers. Right. Judge is playing too much DH for the other judge doesn't play the field. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Carlos Correa. All right. There's a few reasons why. Now you could argue with me and say Altuve may split the votes there. I think Correa takes a major step forward this year, and he is one of the best players in baseball. He already is. Yeah. But I think you're going to look at him, and he's going to jump over Lindor. He's going to jump over Seager, jump over DD, jump over all those shortstops, and you're going to say he's the class. And I think that between that and Aaron Judge and um, Stanton kind of splitting the spotlight in New York, yep. you know, the, the two of them are kind of the talk of the town right now. Besides that, combined with the fact that people at the end of the year, you're going to see him on MLB Network, people saying, well, he played 45 games or whatever. You know, I'm just throwing a number out there at DH. At DH. Or, you know, he played 60% of his games at DH. And, and I can't vote for a player that only plays half the game, whatever. I'm going Carlos Correa because I think he takes a step forward this year. And for the sole reason on um, Stanton, because he's not you still have your fucks who, right. you know, are, are like that. Yeah. Where, you know, I just think his numbers are going to be so good that it's hard to ignore him. But Correa is a hard option to argue with. He, As you said, he's already one of the top players in the league. I think he's... I think but he, he, might, he might even get better. Yeah. And that team, that he's going to have a lot of protection on and that team. And he's a great-looking guy. Well, there you go. He's got a great-looking fiancé. Just a great-looking family. And he's a champion. Just, just give him the award right now. Might as well. <laughs> All right, so we did Cy Young. We did, um, we did MVP, so... We probably should have done MVP last, but let's just do Rookie of the Year now. So we'll start with the AL. Who do you think it's going to be? 
You know, I, I look a, across the league, and I'm not sure how many teams in winning positions are going to have impact rookies. Um, but I, I'm going to look over at Chicago, and I think I think one of their guys is going to end up having just a top two. I think Kopech could have a year where he where okay. he pitches to an under three ERA. He can win some games. I think Kopech could win could win Rookie of the Year in the in the American League. I'm going to say him. Uh, there's a lot of talented rookies. I, I just don't know how many of them are going to get an opportunity to play a lot. I'd love to say Gliber Torres. I'd love to say Miguel Andujar. I don't think they're going to play enough. Um, yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to go with Kopech. All right. So off the top of my head, I I, I agree with you. These teams where. I just don't think, besides the White Sox, any of these young prospects in the AL are ready to um, take over, you know, position-wise. So I have to agree. I think because Kopech's throwing 110 miles an hour and, and he's been really, really hyped, I think he's the one that, if he can pitch well enough and, and make enough starts, I think he's going to steal that award. I don't think it'll be one of the, like, I don't think it's going to be like Cody Bellinger last year where it's like, this guy just came up and grabbed the award or and judge. took it away from everybody or judge on that side where they're actually in MVP votings or he's going to, or for his case, Cy Young votings. But I think he's going to do enough to take it. And then on the NL side, I think that what happens is um, – the Nationals get into a little bit of trouble early. They may have an injury or something, and they bring up Robles. Robles, and he just fucking tears the cover off the ball, and they just don't let him back down. And then you get the talk of, well, it looks like you don't need Bryce Harper, whatever. But I think he wins Rookie of the Year. I think he, I think he comes up and just kills it. I don't know when he comes up, but I, I could see him hitting 15 home runs this year and hitting around 280. Yeah, no, Robles is a good pick. I, I'm for me, I'm going that. Called an iMac, this thing fucking belongs in a museum. How old it is, and, and the quality was just—I wasn't willing to put it out. So that's the reason why we, we have got, a standard here. Exactly, my computer's back up and running. It was actually made in this century, so. <laughs> We're, we're good to go. But uh, thanks for listening. Uh, and by the next time we'll be talking to you, we'll have a national champion in uh, college. And a little bit more into the baseball season. And we we'll, should have the NBA uh, postseason almost ready, too. Yeah, so, so I think there's like six or seven games left in the season. Yep. So, yeah, maybe do a little postseason preview. I mean, the thing that's stupid about the NBA, and let's wrap this up, is the fact that you know who's going to win. The top four seeds are going to win the first round. Whatever. It's, hard to, it's hard to project those first round series. Exactly. All right. Well, happy Easter, Sean. Happy Easter. All right. Bye.